Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The View, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Yes. Adams. Hey, everyone. How's it going? I know <laughs> I was saying like say. it's live. Yes, it's good. <laughs> happy happy Lent, everybody. Yes. Fish, first uh, Friday fish fry. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome, man. That's right. Enjoyed that. A bunch of us up there cooking in the uh, old parish kitchen and yeah. fed a ton of people. I don't we know did. how many, but there was a lot in there. From 530 to 7 o'clock, we were feeding people in the, in the line. It was yeah, a lot. Was, yeah, I got there early and was helping. I had to leave yeah. early because I had that Paris mission in Winnipeg, Canada. Now, right. I didn't go because it's uh, pretty difficult to get in and out of Canada right now with all the vaccination stuff on their end and all that. And so we did it virtually. And I just want to say thank you to Ethan and John and the Knights of Columbus up there at St. Ignatius uh, Parish in Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, Canada. Mm-hmm. It was a great day. I, I loved it. We did a talk at 10 and at 12 and at 2, so we got all the three talks in. We talked a lot about men's ministry, and uh, it was just a great day. And so, so glad for that. And if you're interested in this, you know, we talk about it every show. We're going out, and this is what we feel the Lord is wanting us to do with this ministry, is to go do these missions and then to train men while we're there to start a men's group that will change the lives of the men in the parish. And once the men's lives are changed, it'll start spilling over into the women, the children, mm-hmm. and this parish will start to be revived. You know, that's the thing in a lot of places is, is are the men are missing, right? We know that. The women have stepped up for so long and, and not only become full-time employees, they're full-time moms, and now they're full-time spiritual leaders of the family. We've got to get this reoriented back to the way that God wanted it to be with the men to lead. And so that's what we feel our mission is, is to go and bear fruit that will last by equipping men. You know, not just showing up and giving a talk or giving a set of DVDs to somebody and say, watch this and your life will be better, but to actually show up, try to inspire through some talks about a real relationship with Christ, what you're called to do for the entire parish, the men and women, but then equip the men to be able to lead, to to that guy that may have a fire in his heart to do something. Maybe it's one of you guys that's listening right now. That's often how we've gone to these things is by an invitation from someone that's listening to the podcast. But if you have that desire in your heart, we want to come and equip you and help you to do that. We've got a full um, men's group training guide that we're distributing now when we go. So they're, they're, that's there when we leave. We're going to have the studio ready in a couple months. We'll be able to start shooting the leadership videos, and then we're going to have that monthly leadership call for the guys to put them in a group with brothers that are leading from around the country so that they're not alone as leaders. And so, you know, the Lord keeps blessing us. He keeps giving us the opportunities. If you're somebody looking for this, we've got openings from May until the end of the year. There's a couple of weekends in there that are taken up with some men's conferences and things. But if you're interested in doing this, bringing us to your parish, getting the restored parish mission going, Uh, inspiring people that way and then having me train men and continue to walk with them afterwards that's the important part continue to walk with them after we're gone then we're wanting to do that for you so you can go to justagallopew.com go to the book me page jump in there fill out that form and then we'll get back with you after we see what you're looking for and you know when you might be interested in doing this but folks this is what i believe the lord's called us to is to go and set up these small communities of men so that they can grow and become the men that they're called to be. What's amazing by it is it also allows us to reshift our insight into our not only our family and ourselves, but into the community around us. Sure. Because we need that shaking awareness of, you know, things, life is short, and we need to kind of get right mm-hmm. in a sense of who we are and who we sh- should be. That's right. And until we get the stuff out of, out of our way, you know, yeah. the junk in our life, 
then we're never going to be able to be that. So that's what this group is supposed to do is to give a guy a place to be real. You know, I hear so many guys say that I don't have anywhere to be real in my life all day long. I'm swapping masks all day long. Mm -hmm. It's so exhausting and I, I can't be real here or there or there. So this is a place where we're building for you to do that and to walk with other men who want to do the same. We're all broken. We need to admit it and then admit that we need each other to be healed, right? And to, to be the people that Christ calls us to be. So that's what this group is for. We can help you get going with that. That's it. Just a guy on the pew.com. Go to the book me page, sign up there. Um, again, thank you to Ethan and John and all those folks that allowed us to be a part of that last weekend for them. Uh, studio donations. Okay. So the studio where they're getting closer every day and I need to hit the trigger, pull the trigger on ordering this equipment. Uh, it, the total is somewhere right below $20,000. You know, it's, the stuff's expensive, but we're going to use it to grow our YouTube channel, to grow our presence. So we can continue to get out there, get this message out to men that there's hope for them, that they can be different no matter what's going on in their life. They're not the sum of their sins or mistakes and failures. They're the sum of the love of God, right? And that's when we get this message out there, it helps us get these missions going, helps us start these groups. But we're gonna to continue to build interviews, in-person interviews. We're gonna use this studio to build our YouTube content, our leader training content. All this as professional as we can to give you the best looking materials we possibly can. So if you want to donate to that, you know you can do that at donorbox.org. We've raised about $4,000 right now, so we're about $16,000 away. And for all of you who have sent in, whether it's five bucks or a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, thank you. Every little bit counts. I know there's you know, an assumption. It, it, sometimes we go, well, I can only give this and it won't help. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Every single bit helps, I can tell you. So if this has ever helped you, the podcast, the content, the, the Pierce missions, any of this stuff, please consider giving to donorbox.org so we can continue to grow this the way the Lord wants us to. We want to go and be a part of bringing God's men and women back to him. You know, this is my passion. I love the Lord and I want other people to love the Lord too. And this is the way we can get this done. First and foremost, by building the studio, getting this message out there more, making the podcast video. A lot of people, you know, digest content that way through YouTube nowadays. So we want to give that option and all of it will be possible through the generosity of folks like you that are listening. So again, last time you can go to donorbox.org slash pew and donate there a one time, a monthly, an annual, or you can send us a check. The address is on the website too. But thank you ahead of time for those that are going to do that. One last uh, small announcement. Uh, the Catholic Woodworker and I have teamed up, <clears throat> excuse me, our ministries have teamed up to uh, come up with a rosary for our, our ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of guys have asked about it. Uh, we tried a couple different ones. Uh, this is coming from Jonathan Conrad. He's a friend. He supports the show, and it's a beautiful, beautiful rosary. You saw it, Victor. Yeah. Um, I've got a bunch of them ordered. They should be here in the next couple of weeks, so just look at the website. We're going to have that up is, there. Is it already uploaded? In Not yet. Okay. No, it'll be a couple of weeks, so probably okay. two weeks from the time this uh, episode comes out. You'll be able to go there, look at it, purchase it online, along with our new T-shirts and all the other stuff that we have there, uh, and every bit of it goes to supporting our initiatives and what we're trying to do in Just a Guy in the Pew and Pew Ministries. So thank you for all of that. So Victor, you know, you mentioned that we are in Lent and, you know, whenever we're in Lent every year, I try to go back, whether it was doing Exodus 90, you know, which is all about that, that journey through Exodus of the Israelites, mm -hmm. you know, did that last year, um, this year doing Bible in the year. And it's just taken us through the same time period now too. And I'm just always trying to look back at what is God trying to say in this moment, in this desert period for these people, for this desert period of Lent and all of our lives. And so, you know, I was... I was reading uh, in Numbers about this, at, uh, Numbers 13 and 14, and listening to Father Mike talk about it, 
you know, he really mentioned something on the Bible in the year where he said, you know, we're looking at the people that, that want to have the heart of a slave, like, and how hard this is for us to break. And I just started thinking about that. It was, you know, five or six days ago, I think, when, or maybe even three, I don't know, but when this one came on. But I thought about it all weekend long. And I just kept going back and reading this and thinking just how how much this mirrors our own life, you know, how we can have fear and all these things in our life that drive us back to wanting to go back into the slavery of whatever it is in our life that we've been a slave to, because that becomes a comfort to us, right? Whether it's our addictions or our vices or our sins, you know, those are the places that we feel comfortable because oftentimes we're self-medicating with those things and avoiding truth in our life or the next step. And so we run backwards. So I want to read a little bit of that passage and kind of put it in context you know, we've been reading through this now, and if you're familiar with this, it's after the Exodus, or, or during the Exodus, they get to basically the edge of the promised land, you know, mm-hmm. Canaan. And God tells Moses to, to send spies into the promised land, just check it out, right? See who's there, see what it looks like. Is it really full of all these things the Lord has told us? So Moses does. And about after 40 days, they return. So basically he sent the sons of Israel, like the head of the sons of Israel right. from each, all directions. Each, yeah, yeah. From each house. Yeah. So, um, they go out and they're gone 40 days and they return. And so they're standing there in front of Moses and Aaron and all the people. And so I'm going to start reading some scripture now and guys just bear with me. It's going to take a second, but trust me, it'll be worth it in the end. So it says they, they came in front of them and they told them, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Yet the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the, the descendants of Anak there in the uh, Amalekites, I think is what that says, dwell in the land of the Najeb. Then it goes on, and Caleb, who was one of the two that Moses sent, right? Caleb and Joshua were two of the leaders. But it says, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up there with him, right? So everybody else but Caleb, And Joshua uh, said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the sons of Israel an evil report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. So they're already... There's, there's putting a story out there right. that like this place is going to be we're not we have no chance these guys are huge we're not they've got fortified cities this is a, and it even says that they're, they're giving an evil report right so it's basically almost Embell- like they're maybe embellishing, embellishing it, yeah everything yeah. so here's what happened next it says then all the congregation because remember they're doing this in front of all the people then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night so they're so afraid now they're crying all the sons of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in this wilderness? Why does the Lord bring us into this land to fall by the sword? You know, basically blaming God, like questioning mm-hmm. who God is, that he's not good. Right? Why did he do this to us, basically? Our lives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And so it says, And then they said to one another, Let us choose a captain and go back to Egypt. So all this God has done, now they're gonna they're gonna choose a captain to take them back to Egypt. So Moses and Aaron fall prostrate. And then Joshua and Caleb get up and they say to all the congregations, the land which we pass through to spy uh, spy it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. 
Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are our bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs which I have wrought among them? I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. So Moses starts to intercede for the people on, on, on the people's behalf mm-hmm. to God. And God says again, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live and as, as the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I wrought in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have put me to the proof these 10 times and have not hearkened to my voice, shall see the land which I swore to give their fathers. And none of those who despise me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he went and his descendants shall possess it. So again, the Lord says to Moses and Aaron, how long shall this wicked congregation murmur against me? I've heard the murmurings of the sons of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, what you've said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness and all of your number numbered from 20 years old and upward who have murmured against me. Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joseph, Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones who you said would become a prey, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness for forty years, and shall suffer for your faithlessness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. All right, so Victor, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Let's break it down a little bit. So point number one, God told Moses to send spies into Canaan. They were led by the heads of the sons of Israel, and they were... um, and, and, and they went with two of them, which were Caleb and Joshua. You know, they get back, and the men that went with them, not Caleb and Joshua, reports the enemy is strong and the cities are fortified. These men are of great stature. So basically, the scriptures call this an evil report. These men were striking fear into these people of God and, and basically causing them to want to turn away. That's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. The people are overwhelmed with fear, and their first response is to return to the slavery in Egypt. They want to go back to their comfort and even speak of electing captains to lead them back. Next, Caleb takes a stand, tells them they will die and they won't make it, or excuse me, tells them not to be afraid and to trust in the Lord's promises. That's what he says, fear not. He set them up for us. He's lowered their protection. We can do this, but the people won't listen. God is angered because he's done all these things and these people are hardened, right? They have hardened hearts and they keep forgetting who he is. And so he tells them you're going to die and you're not going to make it in the promised land because of your murmuring, because of your doubt, because you refuse to trust me. So... That's what happens. The children of the people will have to suffer because these people didn't fight the battles that they were called to. The, the Lord set out in front of them because of their fear and wanting to return to their comforts of their slavery, which can't be comfort, but they had it better there right. than they did in their eyes there. Then they will be the ones that, that make it to the promised land, their children, and they will have to fight the battles that their parents should have. And what you're seeing playing out is like a purgation, meaning yeah. that there's a purging of those, like you were saying, who had that weak heart weak weak heart of of faith you know because they're so used to being in captive that they couldn't think for themselves and then you have and then because of that their offspring who are going to be born in freedom Mm -hmm. and have a birthright of freedom that i am a son of israel you know and son of god you know child of god so this is what is my my inheritance is this land and i want to take it you know and that's what god was kind of saying is that i gave you this chance but you weren't able to receive it so now it goes on to the next generation and that's what you're you're talking about, like the, the heart of a slave, if I'm correct, is like 
that will keep you from what you're sure. gaining your graces and your promises that well, Christ. Yeah, it, it foreshadows for all of our lives, right. right? I mean, we all have a heart of a slave. We mm-hmm. do. We we have been slaves to sin, right? We all have those things in our life. Our addictions, our, our repetitive sins, our habitual sins, you know, our vices, all of these things that we run to for comfort because honestly we don't trust God enough or we get fearful whenever we're called to take that next step. Here they were on the precipice of what they had been journeying for so long for. Mm-hmm. And yet they were afraid, right? They were afraid to take that next step and to trust that God was going to take care of them. So what does all this have to do with us? I mean, we're in Lent. You know, we're in the desert right now, just like these folks facing battles that we may be afraid of. You know, maybe it's the things that we know are holding us back and we don't want to give up. You know, that's it Lent. Every one of us, when we go to think about things we need to give up, I know each and every one because I do it. I think of one thing I know I need to give up. I'm like, no, I don't want to. That, that's a little rough, right? I don't want to give that one up. I'm just going to stick with that one, and I'll give up other things. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. give up five other things, but that one thing, I'm not going to give up. This is what happens in our lives, and it's what these these Israelites were kind of doing there too. Like, I'm not going to trust the Lord. I'm not going to, like, I, I want to go back to what I know. Like, even it, though it's worse for me, I know it, and I'm comfortable with this. And this is how we can become in our lives. And this is what Lent is calling us to. The same way the Lord was calling them to trust him and to go out into this promised land so that they could go into this promised land, that's what he's asking us of. So maybe we're afraid to give them up and trust in the Lord so our desires to run back to them. You know, and this is what falsely brings us comfort, right? What was Where I was was better for me than where I am now because mm-hmm. quite frankly, I'm not comfortable. I'm fearful of what's gonna happen. There isn't this safe box I've been living in for so long. The Lord's calling me out of that, but I don't like it. So, you know, the next point for us in this is that the journey's hard, right? It's going to require us to fight. You know, these these Israelites were called to go into battle. They were going to have to fight all of these people to take that land, right? right? All these things that sat in front of them that seemed like such obstacles and caused such fear. We're going to have to do the same thing too. And we're going to want to return to the easier way because it's just human nature, right? I don't want to do that, God. Let me stay here. I'm comfortable here. But it's we're on a journey to, towards heaven the way they were on a journey to the promised land. And God never promised it to be easy. Christ tells us again and again and again, like you're gonna be persecuted, you're gonna be hated. You have to pick up your cross. You have to deny yourself. All these things that are hard, why? So we have this eternal prize of the promised land that where we can be forever with the ones that we love and those that love us the most. The Lord, the saints, our family, all of those things. But that isn't the way of the cross. The way of the cross is not what these people chose. It's, it's the comfort and the ease, and they succumb to that fear. And so often we do so in our own life. We just continue to, to return. And it's like we talked about before, what is that one thing that we're not ready to give to the Lord? Because that's what he wants the most. Mm-hmm. And what he wanted most from these people was their fear. He wanted them to give them their fear and to trust in him. But they refused to do it so much so where they were willing to return to the place that was so terrible to them. You know, and, and this is a place where we can find ourselves in Lent in all the time period, time period of our life. Here's the bad thing. You know, if we aren't willing to fight, then we're not going to see the promised land. We're not. Jesus makes no bones about that. God makes no bones about it. He sets, you know, a a plague on these people and kills them. Like he leaves them to die in the desert until the last one is dead because they were murmuring, their disbelief, their failure to trust. And it's not so much that now for us, it's more of God's going to give us what we want, right? We have free will. And if it's not him, then we're going to get whatever it is that we want. He loves us that much. So if what we want is to return to those comforts and those fears, then he's going to let us do it. Mm-hmm. But there's death in those things. There's not eternal life. What he wants to give us is a loving father because that's what he is. So we have to overcome our fears. We have to face our wounds and trust in the Lord to heal them and to protect us. Well, um, for me, 
Caleb and Joshua are awesome. And, you know, when you're a young kid and you're reading about the strength of Joshua and the strength of Caleb, and, the, and he mentioned the odds of a whole people against them or murmuring against them and wanting to stone them, for goodness yeah, sake. You that's know, right. They're no, to kill them. This is, this is our birthright. We're supposed to have this. And they're like, no, no, we, you know, the, the, the constant infighting. And, and the thing that what is, for Caleb is kind of like, I think we all want to be a little bit of Caleb. We all kind of want to stand up to the injustices of the world mm-hmm. and say this is wrong, but yet sometimes we, we don't have the strength to do that. Sure. And and I know we all struggle with some things that may be going to work or whatever we see that's going on that we, we're not in, in, in the light of agreeing with. Um, but where we come from is kind of like being what? You know, being a generation of faith, sure. right? Yeah. Um, so... And I didn't mean to amble on there, you know, ramble around no, you and didn't, stuff. But, no. but, but uh-uh. you know, we need to know what, how to be a Caleb. We need to know sure. how to be a Joshua. That's the end goal of our life right. is to be that person that stands up in those crowds and against all that persecution and in the fear of all that. Because it's the exact opposite. Those mm-hmm. people were succumbing to fear. Caleb's like, no, I trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. Like, right. this is, he has told us this and he has proven himself to be who he says he is. He has taken care of us every single way. And every time any of us have turned from that, We've died. Like, people have died, right? He struck us down, mm-hmm. right? When we have turned from him, don't do that, you know? And so it's because there's consequences, and Caleb knew this. You know, this is the last thing we have to understand here as far as the points we're trying to make is if we refuse to fight, someone else has to. The Israelites refused to fight, and their children had to. You know, it said that they would have to go and they would have to suffer is what God told them. They had to suffer through watching everyone they love die, mm-hmm. right? Which we have to suffer watching all those that we love die that won't give in to the Lord, that won't trust the Lord, that won't give their life over. But then these young children had to go, anybody under the age of 20 had to go into the promised land and fight all these big men that were, you know, bigger and 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 badder than the other people. Now their children had to go fight those battles because their parents refused to, right? And so when that happens... This is the passing on of wounds. If we refuse to fight against our sin, our addictions, our negative behavior, then we pass our burdens on to our children, and they they have to fight the battles that we refuse to, just like the children of Israel's of, of the Israelites had to. They had to fight the people their parents were so afraid of. So this is the main point. Like we have to, God has put these challenges ahead of us. We have to trust, and we have to believe that he in the truth of who he says he is so we fight these battles so that those that come after us don't have to you look at so many children and when we haven't passed on when we haven't fought the addictions all those things in our life that we struggle with so often they're passed on to our children and they have to deal with those they should have their own battles they have to fight not their battles and ours this is what it means to spiritually mature and become a disciple of christ is to recognize these things in our life and take responsibility for them and allow the Lord to heal these things in us so that we don't pass them on to our children. So here's a how-to. We're going to start with this and finish with this, right? Where in my life do I have the heart of a slave? This Lent, this is where we need to start looking. Where do I have a heart of a slave, a heart that longs to just run back to the things that have controlled my life for so long? My vices, my addictions, my sins, the comfort in my life. What's holding me back from God? What am I refusing to fight against and why? What, you know, We need to sit with this, become vulnerable as we talk about so often, Victor, Bring that stuff to light and then engage in that battle. That is a fight that only we can engage in with the Lord at our side. You know, we need to combat the fear that comes with looking in that battle, right? We're going to recognize these things and they may frighten us. I don't think I can break my drinking habit. I don't think I can break my my fight with porn. I don't think I can break the way that I've talked to my spouse or the way I've treated people for so long. Well, we need to combat that fear with the truth 
and trust, right? The Israelites allowed their fear and uncertainty to consume them. They allowed it to overrun the truth. The truth that God was freeing them from their bad situation and he had proven himself to be trustworthy time and time again. Caleb refused to give into that fear, as you said, and God rewarded his trust. We need to be like Caleb, the one that stands up and says, you know, um, these people, these things are bred for our protection, for their protection is, is removed from us, right? These things will make us stronger. These battles that we think are going to kill us, they aren't because the Lord's going to fight them with us and we're going to become stronger through them. And we're going to see that we don't have to fall to these temptations. We don't have to fall to these fear as long as we trust in God and the truth of who he is. So we have to be like Caleb and like Joshua. And we see Joshua leading those fights as he goes into the promised land when Moses can't. We need to confront our wounds. If we don't do this, our children will have to. Our unhealed wounds will manifest in those that come after us. We need to face these wounds, these battles in our life, and be rid of them. Ask the Lord to help us to rid, rid, of, rid us of them. Tongue t- twisted mm-hmm. today. I can't even say that right. But this is what we're going to have to do. And we're going to talk about wounds in another episode very deeply because this is just something we all face. Uh, the last one, allow God, God to turn your heart of a slave into the heart of a friend. Right? We need to get to know Jesus. You know, we need to to trust in him. And the only way we do that is to get to know him. That's what a lot of our mission is about. That's what a lot of these episodes are about. And we we harp on that again and again, is this need for a real and trusting relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus says to us in the New Testament uh, that he no longer calls us slaves, but friends. Why? When we pursue him, when we trust him with everything that we have, we come to know that he is a good and loving God. He's our brother and he wants the best for us. So this is what we have to do. We have to look at ourselves and go, you know what? I'm not going back to those things that I've been enslaved to for so long. We need to look at these stories in the Bible, these these real life events that happen and learn from them. The people that went before us and say, I'm not going to make those same mistakes. I'm not going to give into fear and let these things control me, right? I'm not going to see that as comfort anymore, but as a prison for me that keeps me from the promised land. And that promised land for you and I, Victor, is that eternal reward, right? Is that eternal life of love with God in heaven. So this Lent, guys, if you're struggling with all this, give those fears to the Lord. Start engaging in those battles. Guys, I hear that music. Look, use this Lenten season, as I just said, to engage in a fight that you've been running from. Whatever that fight is, trust in the Lord and, and trust that He's in the fight with you. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, so many of us have sins, addictions, and vices that we need to face in our lives. Just the thought of these battles can fill us with fear and cause us to run back to these things that aren't good for us. Help us to trust in the truth of who you are and what you've done for us the way that Caleb did. And Father, whenever we feel ourselves falling back into the heart of a slave, remind us that we need to face these battles so that those that come after us don't have to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.